is Christy, and in a few moments you'll meet Karen, and we are The Modern Principal. We're two elementary principals on a quest to redefine the role of leadership in schools and use our voice to steer the new generation of leaders in education, regardless of their formal roles. We try to keep our pod short, sweet, and simple, right to the point, in a bite-sized bit of PD you can tackle on your way to or from school each day. This week, we talk about what to do when just a couple of people aren't buying into the culture. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to the Modern Principal, hey, everyone. It is currently like 7 a.m. We, we are recording before we go to class. You can tell from our lack of high energy, <laughs> and my voice is still like this. It's just going to be. She's waiting on insurance to approve for therapies. Well, it had a moment, <laughs> right? Welcome to the world. Um, it had a moment where it was cleared and good, and, and then... then I had grandparents night, so I talked a bunch, and yeah. it just kept going. Kept going. Yeah, it's kind of, it's just been, it's been a go. It's been a go. It's I have, been a go. Uh, I've been trying some new routines. We should probably in- introduce ourselves. Oh, yeah, I'm Christy. I was going to say, hello, Christy. Oh. <laughs> That's what they do on pods. They say, like, hey, uh, you, insert name here. Over? No, we're good. Let's just okay. keep going. So, Karen. There we go. I have been trying some new routines. <laughs> Because I have been feeling a lot of feels. Ooh. So I, for a while there. I if was you're like, not in public education, we're all not okay. <laughs> no one anywhere in schools. I actually was like doing literally every mindfulness, spiritual thing I could possibly you think really of doing. Were. I was literally journaling. I was doing yoga. I was meditating and then listening to, and I still am listening to this book, um, all about like your consciousness. Oh, that's and good. On the way to school every morning. That's good. <laughs> How's it doing? I think it's it's helping. It's helping me to separate myself from my work a little bit. Good. My spiritual being away from my work. <laughs> that's good. What did you find about your spiritual being this week? Um, that a lot of my worth is tied up into my work, and so I'm trying to separate Ooh. that because right now, if your worth is tied up in work and you're in public ed, uh, you're probably not feeling too great. <laughs> Accurate. Accurate. I actually, so Christy and I love to joke about the fact that like she wakes herself up at like 3.30 a.m. I don't anymore because I'm not tying my worth to my work. Oh. So what time do you wake up? 6 to 6.30. And you get all that stuff done before work? No, I stopped doing that stuff and now I'm just like, maybe I just need sleep. Oh, so you're not meditating anymore? No, but I am listening to my spiritual book on the way to school. I'm glad you're sleeping. That makes me feel really good for you. I think it feels good for our listeners (laughs) to not... If you do one more of those morning posts at 4 a.m., we're all going to feel worried, of course, about ourselves. (laughs) JK, JK. I realized that... So Christy sent me this graphic one time, and it's our running joke, and I told several (laughs) staff members about it this week because it just made me laugh a lot. It was this... um, graphic right yeah and it said is this self-care or are you actually just trauma blocking (laughs) and it spoke to my soul in a very rude way because all of the behaviors were in fact behaviors that I do and like to pretend they're (laughs) self-care like mindlessly scrolling through social media yes um excessive and mindless eating even when you're not hungry check compulsive exercising oh I wish (laughs) not a check 
Um, the feeling of being uncomfortable if you have nothing to do. Yes. Compulsive online shopping for things you do not need. Check. Becoming a workaholic and having poor boundaries at work, including being available 24-7. Check, check, check. <laughs> anyway, so I was like, okay, let me look into this a little bit. My husband is super into this Headspace app. I tried it. I couldn't buy into that. He listens to it at night. You need to... Meditating takes a long time to actually get good at. You sound like my husband. You guys are literally the same human. I know. We have the same anxieties and apparently all the same wisdom about meditation. He just said to me the other day, you need to do your 478 breathing. And I was like, I don't know what that means and I don't want to know. Thank you. Pass. Pass. Anyways, I'm doing this thing. Okay, so morning time, I don't really have a lot of stress. I wake up, I feel anxiety about work, but like not to the extent that my dear husband does. So I realized that I don't really take time after work to unpack my day. So I've started, when my kids go into bed, I'll sit in her chair and while she's falling asleep, and I will just write down moments from my day that I kind of probably glossed over, whether they were good or negative, and just kind of like unpack them in the moment. That's good. It's really been helping me not do those trauma-blocking behaviors at night. I need to do maybe some at the end of the day journaling. It helped because I realized I just, like, ignore it. And then as soon as I get still for the night, I don't really want to unpack it at 8.30. So then I just do the mindless scrolling or the mm-hmm. maybe pour myself a glass of wine or maybe mm-hmm. just eat out of the popcorn bag until it's gone. <laughs> so it re- I've done it two days and I feel really good. I even did it last night, like on a Friday. Oh, my gosh. You are such a so healthy human. <laughs> You were so spiritually woke. But one of them, I thought this was good. I went and told one of the people. I was like, so this is going to sound really weird. What do you mean one of the people? Well, I journaled about someone because it was oh, a nice moment. Oh, got it, got it. One, yeah, so uh-huh. I told her the next day, like, hey, I was reflecting on my day. And when we had that conversation, it was a highlight. And it made her day that I That's said that. That's nice. That's really great. I know. Oh. Anyways, we've wasted five minutes of banter. Holy moly. Five minutes and 23 seconds. So your wisdom this week is ten <laughs> minutes, y'all. But I think we dropped some real truth bombs in this witty banter. I think we did, too. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay, so this week, our um, scenario kind of takes the shape of a quote. Yes. And then also a scenario. So Yeah, we storied this. Christy storied yeah, this Yeah, there was a Sunday. quote by Dr. Marcus Jackson, and it said, The school takes on the personality of the principal. If their principal is mean, the staff will be mean to one another and the kids, and if the kids will be mean and the kids will be mean to one another. If the principal is full of energy, excitement, and enthusiasm, the teachers will be energized to teach and the students will be excited about learning. So Selena from Sarasota writes, I really believe it's the administrator's job to set the tone within reason. There will always be one or two who don't reflect the tone of the building you're trying to create. So what do you do there? Well, Selena, that's why we're here. (laughs) So I think we first want to define um, what it means to lead by example, what it does actually mean to set the tone. And we kind of thought about this. This could be a really long pod, but since we spent five minutes and 22 seconds on Woody Banter, um, we're going to have to gloss over, we think, the like, like change def- the setting the tone what that really means yeah because there's a lot of research on change out there yes and our big caution and we're, I think we or might do another pot on this we can go deeper is about like if you don't really understand what you're trying to change you may just end up doing toxic positivity yes like if you're just trying to make everyone positive that's not culture yeah oh my gosh Karen do you know what I just realized what um we both quoted Doug Reeves in our scholar. I totally glossed over yours. That's awesome. And he's coming to our grad yes. class. 
next next time. That's awesome. Apparently, we read a lot of Doug Reeves yeah. lately. All right, so you want to jump in? With your... <laughs> Do you want to jump in with your Doug Reeves or my Doug Reeves? Doug Reeves Jr. or Doug Reeves Sr.? Well, we'll just go really quick. I found that, obviously, both of this is from uh-uh, Doug Reeves. Um, but he talks about a lot about, obviously, change is really hard. But it's really important to define what you're going to change and possibly start with what you won't change. So I thought that was interesting because... If you just start talking about everything you're going to change, you're going to start a negative tone already because people are going to feel like everything they've done has been ineffective, their experience, all of that is irrelevant. So really, you should be thinking about the only change you do need to make will have value and values every stakeholder. So a lot of mistakes that I see administrators make is when they only talk about it's for the kids, it's for the kids, it's for the kids. Like, yes, of course, our change needs to be involved for those kids, but it also needs to benefit all stakeholders, including their families and our teachers. Yeah, and I think the other thing when you think about his deep change model is to remember that there are four levels of change, according Mm -hmm. to Reeves. Mm -hmm. And so there's imagining, creating that vision, focusing, implementing, and then accelerating. And you often don't actually see the results of change until that fourth level of accelerating. And so you've got to create those quick wins, which can show that your quote-unquote way works. And so not saying, again, it shouldn't just be your way or the highway by any means, but if you are trying to promote change and setting the tone, you've got to make sure that you're going to have some quick wins in there so people will be more likely to buy in. Super smart. And one of the things that related to me a lot was when you're talking about making that change, a lot of times saying what you're not going to change just really relates to... So, like, if you're saying, like, we're really going to focus on achievement, there's a hidden message there. So making sure you convey, like, we're also still going to value... The arts, because that's important to kids, and the relationships, and that's important to kids. So make sure that you're really clear in your communication about the culture that you're trying to set. Because sometimes if you say, this is what we're focusing on, what people hear is, we're we're not going to focus on all these other things anymore. Yep, I totally agree. All right. Okay, so that's us glossing over change. The last thing I'll say about that, you know I can't gloss over things. I can't. I'm such a talker. All my staff is like, duh, we know she never stops. But I would say from the soul piece that this is a part of setting the tone that really matters is that you really have to focus on what you're going to do um, in terms of that change. Like actions obviously mean more than words. And every principle says like, yeah, you got to walk the walk. But like legit, that's what we mean by the principle sets the tone. So thinking about what do you do when you're stressed, because that's going to happen and everyone's going to be looking. What do you do when a student is out of control in front of you or when a a parent is yelling at you or when there's nine crises and everyone's looking at you? So thinking about what you need, the little self-help work you need to do to make sure that your responses to those things are the tone you want everyone to try and model. Agreed. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think definitely makes sense. So, do we want to go through systems? Also, we already kind of started soul. So, we're talking about what to do when there's a couple that stick out? Yes. And our first line of advice is that if there are a couple people sticking out, that's good. Right? Because that means that you have likely created... The culture. Yeah, and a critical mass of people who are willing to move in the direction that you're trying to move. So... Kudos to you. Right. Like, there are going to be outliers. And the fact that you can tell that they're outliers, that's a win. Yes. Awesome. And so I think one of the things that we both agree on is that you do want people who will question and push back. Yep. And you want people to 
to definitely criticize. However, there's a difference between people who call out inconsistencies and are trying to make the system and the process and the culture better and somebody who's sabotaging. Right. And you have to be able to tell those two apart. Right. And so sometimes you might examine those outliers and see if they're really sabotagers or if they're just pushing you back and you don't really like that feedback. Mm -hmm. So that's tough, but... Take because that honestly, some of your best culture builders might be the que- people who question in the beginning. I've definitely right. had that. Like Same. Amazing, amazing teachers who have a lot of questions. And I do want other staff to emulate them. And they have a lot of respect with the staff. And you have to be okay in yourself yeah. <laughs> when, when they are like asking legitimate questions. And the way that they do it might look vastly different than your idea of how it was to be done. Yes. But if they're still holding true to the values of, like, we value relationships with students, doing everything we can to make sure they succeed, then that's not a that's not a culture killer. It just looks different than what you impression. Yes. Your impression. So we do, I think we have some systems that help with that. Mm-hmm. With some of those people that might be the sabotagers, so to speak, or those people that just really aren't buying into the school's culture. One of the systems I think is really helpful is making sure you have a ton of teams in place. Yep. We both use committees and yep. you call yours task forces. Yep. And so I making sure that there's vertical and horizontal influences on people so that there's other people doing the pushing to change and not just you. Yes. And I think that's hard to do in the beginning. Yes. Um, because when you, and I've been now new to a, a few different buildings. I've been in a lot of different buildings now. Yeah. Um, and it can be really hard in the beginning. And what I've also noticed is that sometimes people don't know what they don't know. I mean, right. not sometimes, all the time people right. don't know what they don't know. And so it's tricky to get leadership up and running in the way that you like it or that you're accustomed to right. and like building that culture of shared leadership and that's just tricky. Yeah, because culture is a living thing, mm-hmm. and you've entered an ecosystem. Mm-hmm. You know, I love this ecosystem yes. Yes. metaphor. But anyways, like, your idea of the culture won't be the exact way that culture comes out because no. you have walked into a place that has existed before you. Yes. And so you have to honor that this unique building, the unique students, unique families, unique teachers are going to create something together. That's really hard work. It is, and that's why going back to – Doug Reeves, (laughs) you have to remember that you might not see, it it takes a long time to get to that change, the true change. Uh I think we should probably send him this podcast before he speaks to our class. Yeah, maybe I'll give us a little shout out. No, uh, (laughs) that is mortifying. So my, my thing is too, is that you have to be willing to like, like what Christy was saying, you just, it's going to take time and you have to be willing to have really deep relationships with your staff to know what their values are. So that you can help them, you can help your building kind of reflect that culture that you want to get to. Does that make sense? Like relationships are truly the foundation of this work. Yes. And with that, making sure that you are setting up the system in place to have those conversations, to be vulnerable with staff members who might not be buying into the culture um, and just really being honest. And those are hard conversations to have um, talking about hey, these are my bottom lines. Like, these are my non-negotiables. How do you feel about these? Um, Do we align? Because if not, it might be time for a coaching conversation, which might mean coaching out of your building, coaching into another role, getting on the right bus somewhere. Yeah, I feel like um, 
if negativity is what you're fighting, like there's tons of research that shows like negativity at work is a sign that they're not happy at work either. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's okay to point that out to someone and say like, I can see that you don't, this is not working yeah. for either one of us. And I think Christy and I both had those conversations with staff of like, this is not working for either of us. I'm constantly pushing you. You're constantly pushing back. Do you feel like you still enjoy teaching as much as you used to? Is this still the right profession for you? Do you still enjoy this building as much Mm -hmm. as you used to? Can you get behind what we're doing? Or do you want my help to figure out a different culture? Yeah. I I think you have to, you have to be frank because at the end of the day, if you've been working on this for three, four or five years and that person still hasn't changed their mindset, I don't, I don't think you're going to. Yeah. I, and I totally agree. And it's, it's not worth their time. It's not worth your time. And ultimately, I don't think either one of us ever has any ill will towards someone who doesn't necessarily no. want to buy into what we think is right or what the team we've created thinks is right. It's really about helping people find what fulfills them. Right. And that might not be our leadership. Right. <laughs> and a lot of times I found the culture of your building is really a part of like what your community, what your students need at that time. Mm-hmm. And so that teacher might not have the tools or might not want to invest in the tools of what the students in her particular class have needed over time or his. And so it's okay. Go find a, there are different districts with different that are in different places and times in their culture. And you just go find what's a good fit. Absolutely. That's what we think. Okay. It's about that time to wrap it up from the desk of the modern principal. Do you think we hit everything? I feel like that's a really big topic. It was, it is. It is. I think I would just empower administrators that, like, if you're thinking, if you're continually thinking about the same person that's sabotaging or really negative or just doesn't seem to be buying into what you're selling, then you need to have that conversation. Yeah. Because you're wasting so much mental mental energy. You're probably waste, You're probably using a lot more resources on that individual teacher to get the buy-in. And, and I there's, think it's just, you just got to rip the bandaid and have that conversation. And there's ways to go about it that protects everyone's dignity. It doesn't have to be, right. um, it doesn't have to be a conversation that everybody comes out of feeling hurt. Right. You can actually feel hope after that kind of conversation. And you honestly don't even need to go into that conversation assuming you're going to coach that person out. Sometimes just Good being vulnerable point. and saying like, this isn't working for me. And that person being able to say, it's also not working for me. Here's some things that might help it work would be a really powerful way. Absolutely. That's a good point, too. Thanks. Okay, now I feel good. We can end up. Okay. Under 20. Of the modern principle. Among companion plants, the marigold is one of the best. It protects a wide variety of plants from pests and harmful weeds. If you plant a marigold beside most any garden vegetable, that vegetable will grow big and strong and healthy, protected and encouraged by its marigold. Did you like that? Yes. So that is something, I don't know if you've seen that before, but they always give it to new teachers. And I think it's just very powerful. So find your marigold. Find your marigolds, be a marigold, protect and encourage, and find those who can protect and encourage the others in your building. Yep. And as a leader, that would be our steps is find your marigolds within your staff, tell them they're the marigolds, and go tell them to start protecting. Journal about them and then tell them about it. Yeah. <laughs> Journal about your marigolds and then go tell them about it. But your not in a creepy way. We don't want to be responsible <laughs> for any HR claims. All right. Thanks for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to receive them, receive them as soon as they drop. Follow us on Instagram and you can find 